Welcome to Growing Faith, a Basin City project of connecting to one another through personal history. Located in a small farming community in eastern Washington, we aren't just growing crops, we're growing faith. Every person has a unique story. Listen in as we share, connect, and learn from one another. Welcome to the Growing Faith Podcast. We have Bard and Verdine Jinks with me today, and we're going to ask some some questions. Thanks for being here with me. You're welcome. To start, I, I just want to know, like, where you guys grew up? Where are you from? What was, what was maybe something about your childhood? Tell me a little bit about what brought you guys to here. Well, I was uh, born in Mackey, Idaho, which is not a hospital. It was just a a uh, basement home, and wow. the doctor delivered babies there. That's where I was born, and I was raised in Idaho, more Idaho until I was 14 years old. And then I moved to um, a farm on Bedogwood Road and went to Pasco to high school. And then two years later, my dad bought a farm on Russell Road, and I moved into the Basin City Ward and went to Connell High School. And I met Vard before I moved, and it's history since then. <laughs> okay, Bard, what about you? I was born on a, in the hospital in Rupert, Idaho. We lived there till I was four years old and lived on a farm by the Snake River. We moved. My dad was a veteran, so we drew a farm in the veterans lottery, basically. Hmm. Uh, he picked the farm, and we moved here in 1954, and we lived in the Basin City area ever since. How old were you then in 1954? Four years old. Oh, so your whole life was up here pretty much yes. that you remember. Yes. I'm just trying to put it in my mind. So Basin City Ward, was there just one ward then? So you were in the same ward? Well, that's another story. We went to okay. Connell, the church there. There was a branch in Connell. We went to the old Grange Hall by the old football field. Okay. And... Did that for about three years, I believe. And then we moved to Mesa, and we went to church at the Mesa School till 1966, and we built the church here. Okay. So you guys met in high school? Yeah, Verdine can tell you that. <laughs> Let's hear it, Verdine. Um, yes, I was going to um, pass go to school. I was um, 15, and he was 14, turning 15 in a few days. We met on September 4th. His brother and Ralph McAfee were playing in a band at the Block 16 Community Center. And I remember when Vard walked in, I had heard about him, but I just decided then I was going to make myself available <laughs> so he would notice me that night. And sure enough, we met. I love it. So tell me, each of you, kind of about what... Uh, what jobs did you have? How did you raise your kids here? I, I don't really know the whole story. When did you start farming? All of that. All right. Well, we graduated from high school, and um, I, after graduation, I went to Idaho Falls to live with my sister, and I got a job at the Atomic Energy oh. out of high school. And so part of the reason was I knew Vard was going to Rick's College to play football and wrestle. Okay. <clears throat> So um, we actually were dating then when he went to college. 
Um, but he sort of decided that he was going to date some other girls while he was there. And so I just said, well, I'm not going to come up here to college and see you if you're dating other girls. Yeah. And that was the proposal. Well, if, if I can't date other girls, then we may as well just get married. And that was our... <laughs> I love it. <laughs> That's how it went. And we were uh, 18 years old. And so we did get married. We got married in December of 1968. And since then, he earned a degree. He was a teacher in Moses Lake for two years. I didn't know that. Yeah, he taught school for two years in Moses Lake at um, Chief Moses Junior High. And then um, at that time, I had, went, by the time he got to teaching, because I'd put him through four years of college and then started there, we had our second baby then. So, and from there, we moved to Connell for a few months and bought our farm where we are now. So hmm. that was in 1975. So you guys have been here for a long time. We're long timers. Maybe you can tell them why you gave up teaching. Yeah, tell me the transition from teaching. So you got your teaching degree. Yeah, I got a teaching degree. And uh, from I went to college at Rick's College, then I went to Eastern Washington. Hmm. And I played football and wrestled there for a couple of years, graduated and came back. Well, I went to Moses Lake first for two years and then... Farming was good there for a couple of years. It wasn't good for the next 20, but for two years, it was good. And my dad said, hey, we, I'm, I'd like to buy another farm, and you can come here and be a part of it and run it and be a part owner. So against Verdine's wishes, we did that. Went and lived in a little rental house with mice. Oh, no. And it wasn't a very good, happy place, but... <laughs> she wasn't very happy with me. But we it was over by Connell, so we went to church in Connell for a year. Okay. Almost a year. And then we bought a farm, the old Bowen place, and we moved there in night in uh, February of nineteen seventy five. What would you say how has it affected raising your family and growing up in this area? How do you feel like it's affected your life, your marriage, your your everything? Well, there were times I didn't really appreciate living on a farm with a dirt road, and I still have a hard time with the dirt, but I just like things a little more clean. But it's been, it's been a wonderful experience for us. They, um, one of the best things for the kids was during that, all those growing up years was um, Vard coached at the high school, and so they had the opportunity to ride home from school every day with him. Yeah, so th that developed a special bond between them. Well, I never asked you how many kids you guys had, so seven kids. Seven kids, four girls and three boys. We had three girls first, Okay. then three boys, then another girl. Yeah, we had friends that labeled that he had coaches blight because coaches always end up having girls <laughs> instead of boys. So uh, he was a little frustrated at that, but then we caught up. But we... We were in good company here. The Adams had, I think, nine kids. Salisbury's had nine. Steve Price had eight. So we were all in that baby-making time and and growing. And, and actually, uh, because a lot of the kids have moved back. Yeah. That, and farming has been a little more profitable or jobs associated mm -hmm. with agriculture, so... That's, I think that's a draw here. I think just the whole Basin City community feel 
is a draw for kids to move back. Yeah, it's a special place for sure. Well, I, Vard, I want to hear about any more of your jobs that you've had. It sounds like you've had a wide range. So what did you guys farm? What do you guys farm now? What, what does that look like for you both? I mean, I know it's not just Vard. Well, we, we used to farm sugar beets. And that was a big crop for a lot of families here. And sugar beets went away in 1977 or 8. The U&I Sugar Company ceased to uh, raise sugar beets. So they just up and left us one year, and it put a lot of families in a lot of turmoil because that was our big crop. So we had to, I became a hay farmer, which is, you don't make much money, but you don't grow broke, broke very fast, but you don't make much money. So you always have to have side jobs and coach and boom load and all these other. She was a meter reader for Big Ben for a while. We did all these little other little jobs just to, to try and make a living so we could live here. He was a substitute teacher as well. And uh, I want to go back to my yeah. early history. I grew up on a dairy farm. Oh. And I skipped that part, but... but I learned a lot about how to be miserable. <laughs> and because in the winter, especially, you got to milk the cows two hours, took two and a half hours a day or twice a day. And it was cold in the winter and hands and feet got cold. And it was uh, not real fun. So I didn't grow up enjoying that very much. That's why I'm not a dairy farmer for another reason. Yeah, you got to learn what it's like to be miserable so that you can compare it to good times and good life and and leisure and just just not having to work all the time. And I might add also that that farm life we didn't have a lot of money. It was it was a we had enough, but it was kind of a struggle most of the time and so when the kids got in um the oldest one's got in high school. He said, I started reading meters for Big Bend Electric. And at yeah. the same time, I um, started being a paraeducator at, at Basin City Elementary. And I did that for two or three years. And after I gave up my meter reading job, I became a part-time secretary until 2005. I didn't know that. At Basin City Elementary. Anything else? I mean, you guys have just, I feel like you guys have your hands in the community in so many different ways. Yeah, I coach wrestling for... 15 years. 20 years. Coach football for a while. Yeah, it, it's been a wonderful life. We have a lot of connections with a lot of young people because of that. Mm-hmm. Um, also raising a big family. You have a lot of connections with people in the community. And it kind of feels strange now to go over to the high school and not know Yeah, a lot of the people. Well, I'd love to hear a little bit about your guys' hobbies. What do you guys like to do? Oh, I used to play a lot of softball. All sports. All sports. I like to go fishing. Jordine doesn't like to camp out in the wild, so she has to have a trailer to sleep in. I mean, yeah, I support this. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, we used to go snow skiing a little bit. Most most of our time is spent has been spent in a gym or on an athletic field watching our kids. Mm-hmm. And that but they were um they were really really good at music. The girls were too, so our lives were really fun that way. Um, one of my favorite things to do is interior decorating, and so um, I have no training, but I just like that. 
And I also said one time that one of my favorite things about each day is making my bed <laughs> because that's probably one of the most creative things I do all day long is Love that. make my bed. And it's kind of a joy to make, see how nice you can make a bed. Yeah. Lots of pillows. <laughs> <laughs> Rightly so. Um, and I know you guys spend a lot of time with your grandkids, watching your grandkids play now. Yeah, we do. We have 32 grandchildren. Wow. And three great-grandchildren, so we're moving right along. Yeah, I love that. That's what happens when you get married at 18. (laughs) So tell me, I would love to hear about um, a little bit about your faith journey, each of you, um, maybe your family's conversion story and your own, what brought you to where you are now. Well, for, for me, I have always been a member of the church, um, I have never questioned my belief in the church. Did I always live my life like I should have? No. But I am so grateful for a testimony that got me where I am today. Um, It's been a really, um, our temple marriage has been a strong blessing in our lives, and a a blessing of commitment. Um, As you know, it's not always easy. And I always tell everyone, after you live through a, life of raising seven children, it makes a wonderful story. So what does it mean to you to live a Christ-centered life? Go to church, do your job. We go to the temple a day a week now. That helps. Going to the temple makes men nice. (laughs) You've been doing that for 20 years, by the way. Wow. So temple workers, not that we go to, yeah. 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 Oh, do you guys work in the temple right now? Yes. Okay. Temple workers. It's a commitment, but it's a good one, and it's well worth the time and the effort. Yeah. Enjoyable. I think that's another thing that keeps you focused on the Savior. Mm-hmm. When you do that every week, um, and you and you know that you're helping serve other people, it's it's a very Christ-centered option in your life. Yeah. How has your relationship with your Savior? grown and changed over your life? Like I said before, I've always focused on the Savior, but I wish, when I, a thing I look back on now that I wish we had done better is we were young and we probably didn't focus on the basic principles of the gospel as much when we had a, started our family. It got better as we got a little further along, but the simple things of daily prayer, daily scripture study, Family home evening. We were a little lacking in the family home evening line. We had a different perception of what it was supposed to be like. I thought family home evening was supposed to be a spiritual experience for your family. And when we did it, it didn't end up being a real spiritual experience for a really long time. Well, I, think I wanted to have fun. <laughs> well, with seven kids, so, I mean, how, yeah, how much can you do? You can't get too serious too fast there. So, yeah, I just wanted to have an enjoyable experience at it, but she wanted it to be spiritual, so we disagreed on it a little time to time. But Marriage, the great give and take. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I can tell you that I watched my own children raising their children, and they basically stuck to those principles, mm-hmm. and I can see it's made parts of their life better. If you want to have a Christ-centered life, you got to go to church. Yes. That's just number one. Going to, if, you, if you're just going to church, everything else kind of falls in line, I think. 
Why do you think that is? Because you come here and feel the Spirit, and you learn about Christ, and you sing about Him, and just part of your life and it becomes what you think about and what you do yeah I thought a lot about that and I feel like it's just like it can feel like a sacrifice but it's a sacrifice worth making and I think sometimes some Sundays I'm like I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go because I am you know it might be mayhem before getting there but I always feel better on the other side of the only two hours now but it's a good habit yeah it is a good habit it's a good mm-hmm. practice I agree I agree. Well, if there's one thing that you could go back and tell your younger self, what would it be? Well, for me, I wasn't much of a student. I mean, I was working all the time, but I wasn't studying much because we had chores before school, after school. Mm-hmm. It was harder. And, but just taking harder classes and, you know, you, you just didn't do that when you're young, so you didn't think you could do it. But should, you know... Challenge yourself and take geometry and chemistry and physics and all that stuff and you'll get smarter. Learn. Learn. Learn more. And you'll learn should have taken Spanish. Yeah. I mean, we we all thought it was hard then. <laughs> I look at it now and I think, wow, that would That'd be amazing. The best thing you could do. I did take Spanish, by the way. <laughs> um, but for me, if I could go back knowing what I know now, I think I would be a more kinder, gentler friend to more people and maybe be more inclusive of those that felt a little left out. Or I, I was shy, but yet I wasn't shy. But when I look back and I see kids that aren't appreciative of their high school years or their elementary years because they felt picked on or not noticed, I think maybe I could have done a little better there. I love that. That's such a good... A good message for all your grandkids mm-hmm. right now. Notice the one. And another testament to being Christ-like, right? Be nice. Be nice. Yeah, we could use more of that. All right, my last question. What is one truth that you hold on to when times are hard, when times are good? What's that one truth that you feel like really is your your truth that you hold on to? For me, my truth is that I know my Father in Heaven is my best friend. And um, I turn to prayer, I have to say, every day of my life. I still turn to prayer. So that would be my suggestion of truth that we all can build upon. Mine's, I think, my mother and dad went to church all the time, whenever they could. Just went to church. Participating, and you can't help but feel the Savior's love and from other kind people there. Thank you for sharing so much. I love both of you guys, and I've loved to get to know you. Tyler wanted to um, come interview with you, and I was like, no, I, you already know all the stories about, especially about Bart. I know Bart was a young men's leader to Tyler during some really um, pivotal moments in his life. So I just know you guys have. Verdine's showed up on my doorstep many times right when I needed her. So I know you two are doing amazing things in our community and just in our family's life. So I love you both. Thank you. Thanks for letting me ask you some questions. You're more than welcome. We love you too.